Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. <laughs> B-F-F-T. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the bald-faced truth. Bill Sean Lee, the mayor of Rip City. You know, we have been celebrating Sean's since he passed away on Saturday morning. And uh, what a guy. What a career. What a legacy. I thought yesterday's show, if you missed it, was a great celebration of Sean Lee's contributions and connection. Real broadcasters connect with their audience. And And Sean Lee had a deep connection with his audience. Deeply connected with you. I saw the way you reacted to Bill Shonley in the wild. It's amazing. Deep connection with his audience. 93 years old. Passes away over the weekend. Our next guest sat beside Bill Shonley. Sat beside him back in the day when the Blazers organization launched. Bill Shonley was in the trenches at Memorial Coliseum, so to speak. And beside him was Jeff Wohler. Now, I need the backstory on Jeff, how Jeff Wohler got beside Bill Shonley, but let me introduce Jeff Wohler. He's the last city editor of the Oregon Journal. He's a friend of this show, sports editor for a decade at the Oregonian, and he is joining us now. Stephen, can you punch him up for me uh, on, uh, on line eight there? Jeff Wohler joining us now. How are you, sir? I'm good, John. Been a minute or two, huh? Yeah. Good to hear your voice. I appreciate you making time for us and, uh, you know, coming on the show. Let me just get your reaction. Like, back in the day, Bill Shonley starts as, you know, the voice of uh, of the Blazers. What was your role, and how did you come to be sitting beside him in the trenches? Uh, interesting story. Um, with tentacles even here today, John White was the first uh, PR director for the Blazers. And I had been a young high school sports writer at the Journal. I was collecting scores on Friday and Saturday nights. John was the executive sports editor. And I graduated from the University of Oregon uh, in the spring of 1970 and had a job in the newsroom at the Journal. But I got a call from John asking if I wanted to work on the stats crew of the new team because he had taken over, left the journal and become sports uh, PR director for the Blazers. And I said, yeah, that'd be fun. What do you have in mind? And he said, well, do you want to be uh, the stat guy for our new radio announcer, Bill Shonley? And I said, sure, that'll be fun. The interesting thing is John White is the father of Sherry Hansen, who has been with the Blazers in an executive position for the last 10 years, who was one of the best PR people in the NBA and was recognized as that. And so I met Bill that first game, sat next to him. Uh, I think there were about 5,000 fans the first night. Uh, They played Cleveland. And uh, 
The Blazers then were a curiosity more than anything else. They had the Ducks, we had the Ducks, the Beavers, Oregon State Beavers and Portland Beavers and, and the Buckaroos. And here was the NBA team, Portland's first major league team, but the NBA did not have the oomph that it has now. And, you know, it, the first year was really like people coming not to watch the Blazers and Jeff Petrie so much, but to watch Jerry West and watch Wilt Chamberlain, who was still playing, and, and the New York Knicks, who were the defending champions. And it was it was kind of a wow experience that whole first year. And so I'm sitting in the chair next to Sean Lee, keeping his scorebook and we figure out a way to do shorthand with our hands so I could, you know, tell him how many people, how many points so-and-so had or rebounds. And every game I would come with a, a eight and a half by 11 piece of paper that was numbered one to 50 and also had on that same sheet of paper points, rebounds, which is pretty much all they kept back then. So I could just point to it and he would just pick it up as we went. And, uh, it really worked out for, well, I was with him for eight years, the first eight years of the Blazers, and got to watch everything from game one through the championship where uh, the Blazers win, they are number one, and on to one more year before I ended up moving on up at the Journal and over to the Oregonian. Let me play something here. Here's the call from June 5th, 1977. You're there with Bill Shonley. Uh, I'm going to let him speak first. Five seconds to go. The Portland leading 109 to 107. Three will inbound. Here we go. The inbound of McGinnis. Drive, stop, pump, shoot, shoot. No go. Uh, Bill Shonley, what was that moment like? Well, it gives me goosebumps right now, John. You know, I mean, uh, to hear that. And I remember sitting next to him and watching it all unfold. And, I, I mean, I just sat there kind of mesmerized watching the crowd, the players, uh, and all of that. They weren't supposed to beat Philadelphia. Um, and the fact, in fact, there's a great Shonley story about coming home. They, they won game three in Philadelphia, I think, on a Friday night. And uh, some of us in the stat crew watched it at my house. And uh, we uh, decided, in fact, it was uh, Wayne Thompson's wife, Malou. Wayne was a beat writer for the Oregonian and a couple other uh, Blazer people. And we decided to go out to the airport, which was not too far from where I lived. And we got out there and uh, the two Blazer employees flashed badges or something that got us into the bowels of the airport, and we went out and got down to where the plane was coming in. And the first one off the plane was Bill Shonley, because, and they were flying <laughs> coach back then too. Yeah. But the funny story is he was about five or six rows back sitting by the window with two sports writers, 
and both told me this story that as soon as that plane stopped, Sean Lee just hurtled over them and got up there to the door so he would be the first out and the first one out. And he loved it, and the crowd just roared. They Because he was the face of the, cra- of, the, of the franchise then. You know, I mean, yeah, we had Walton, but Bill had not come into his talkative Bill as he is now. And Maurice, who was just kind of, you know, really cool dude, but there are Sean's, and uh, everybody just loved it. And, uh, you know, I got to watch him, and I wrote something on Facebook, which thank you for reading, um, about not so much the experience sitting next to him, but watching him become who he became in all of our lifetimes. Um, he, I watched him. I watched the fans just fall in love with him, and he fell in love with them. He would; It wasn't so much calling the game as much as he was working the crowd as well. And he never met a crowd he didn't fall in love with over the years. Our first – the first road trips of the Blazers were was a two-game preseason jaunt to Pendleton, Oregon, and to Spokane, Washington, because they wanted to get a market going over – east of the mountains, not just in Portland, but in the region. And we got to Pendleton, and the stat crew got to go on that trip. And the first night after we got into Pendleton, they took us to the Pendleton Elks Club. And nobody had really heard of the Portland Trailblazers. Again, it was an oddity, but there's Sean Lee leading the team into the Elks Club in Pendleton, Oregon, a cowboy town. And he's going around just, hi, I'm Bill Shonley. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming out and doing his thing, which he repeatedly did for 50 more years. He would go to Rotary Clubs. He would go to Alliance Clubs. He would go to any gathering. He was the ambassador. Even while he was a radio announcer, he'd spend his off-season going around the state selling the Blazers. And as I said, I think everybody in Oregon, not just Portland, but everybody in Oregon has a personal story of Bill and how he affected them. Kids going to sleep with the radios quiet under their pillows to Blazer fans who get to meet him at the arena. I, we ended up having, he ended up having to have two security guards even in the early years and especially during those early playoffs because people came by and would pat him on the back. We were right there on press row and then right behind us six feet away was the first row of fans and he was so popular and it was distracting, especially pregame when he was trying to get, get himself organized. Everybody but wanted to say hi. Everybody, everybody wanted to say hi. And he wanted to say hi too. He, he, you know, he, he really was the most uncomfortable I ever saw him as a celebrity was when he was trying to work and people were trying to attract his attention. And you see it now on TV with those goofus, doofuses who would, you know, stand behind a sportscaster who's finishing a broadcast or something and, hey, look at me moment. But these people just, they adored Bill. And, um, you know, that personal relationship it was just unique. I, I've never seen anything like it. And I got to watch it from the start. And that is the most enduring memory I have. I mean, I sat with him for 500 games and for about the first four years, uh, it wasn't pretty basketball, not until Jack Ramsey came. And uh, and then they had Walton and Lucas. And, you know, um, 
Dan Patrick says to this day, he thinks that's the best basketball team he's ever seen play. The, the Jack Ramsey 77-78 Blazers. And frankly, the next year, too, they were 50-10 and 10 or something like that, and then Walton got hurt. But up to that, from 77 and then the 78-79 seasons, some of the best basketball ever played was being played here in Portland with that nucleus of fellows. And, uh, and Charlie was there to call it. And, you know, he brought it into our home every night. And the other interesting thing, John, after the championship season, I can't remember how many sellouts there were, but all of a sudden the Blazers were the place to be. And they sold out for 10 straight years because everybody wanted to be there the next time they made the playoffs and the championship. And during two of my 10 years as sports editor, with Rick Adelman as coach, they made the finals twice in three years, I think it was, with Clyde Drexler and and his crew. And um, God, they had a chance, but uh, Michael Jordan won. Michael Jordan beat them, and Bill Lambeer and the and uh, Detroit Pistons and their bruising style beat them the other year. But uh, they've been to the finals those three times, I think. That's all, isn't it? Yeah. Let me ask you it something, Waller. Well, when you were there, because you were there in the beginning, Bill Shonley was a guy adjusting from calling Seattle Pilots baseball, um, Seattle Totems hockey. He was now an NBA broadcaster. How, you saw him grow in those eight seasons. How did he change? Uh, he felt like a rookie the first year or two. In fact, he had he he and. Uh, John Clark, I think his name was, who was the general manager of KON Radio, had an idea to to use Sean Lee off the games and do other stuff. And so remember when you would have me on the radio early on and I would do a history of the week, history, an yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. history moment or something? Well, they hired me to write that, and then Sean Lee would go on the air and broadcast it. We did that for about a year, and they paid me, and I did the things that I've done with you, the... American Legion team from Madison High School winning the American Legion championship and the Blazers' first game and all those things. And that helped get him more comfortable out there. He also listened to other broadcasters. Eddie Doucette, had, who I think was in Detroit, I, I, I just remember the name, but he he had some sayings. Now, he didn't have Lickety Brindle up the floor or uh, shooting from the Cyclops. Bill already had done Rip City, but Bill asked me to try and find out some of the some of the calls that other broadcasters were doing because he wanted to make his own mark in that regard. He also loved Chick Hearn and always always uh, loved being talked about in the same vein that Chick Hearn was down with the Lakers way back when. So. As he, he, he became more comfortable each season, and part of and a lot of that, I think, had to do with the familiarity he was growing with fans because uh, those first three or four years, Bill was the one constant and the one pleasant or the one pleasure, I think, that the Blazers provided their audience and their fans because he, he couldn't take these 30-point losses and and this shuffling in of players that you've never heard of before. And, you know, uh, Roland Todd, the first coach, and um, I, I forgot even who the second one was. And 
And then we got Jack Ramsey and then Lenny Wilkins. And all of a sudden, the Blazers were a thing. And the NBA started taking off, thanks to Michael and Larry and Magic. And people came to watch the Blazers play those guys and not just watch those guys beat up on the Blazers. I think his confidence grew year after year. And finally, uh, in that great big series with Philadelphia, I think he reached his apex. <laughs> Remember that? Did you, you played the... Uh, Maurice Lucas and getting into the fight with, uh, yeah, Daryl uh, Dawkins. The, yeah. Daryl Dawkins, Dawkins. Yeah. Shanley immediately went into boxing play by play, you know, cause that was what was happening. Lucas is firing a right and here comes Dawkins with the left of the left uppercut. And it was just all of a sudden for about 45 seconds, there's this boxing match and, and Bill's just doing the play by play of the boxing match. And it was just natural to him. And uh, he, he, he was really, really good. He was a good announcer, a good play-by-play guy, but even more than that, he, he became the symbol of basketball in Oregon. And, um, you know, you, you and others have talked about how he was the voice of Portland, but in, from my view and having watched him on the road, I, I've called him the voice of Oregon. Um, I don't think when I ended up with my Facebook post saying I've been around sports at all levels in Oregon for almost 60 years as a professional. I started when I was 16 years old at the Journal. And I cannot think of any one person who was more recognizable, more familiar, more significant, more relevant and meaningful on a sustained basis year after year in sports to our state than Bill Shonley was. Jeff Wohler. I appreciate your context and, you know, you being a guy that was right there with Bill Shonley. He told me, uh, you know, about a week before he passed that his favorite part was the people. And he that he said he yep. missed the people. It was his favorite part. And you know what? I think that was the favorite part for people as well. I think uh, he was a connection. He was glue. They don't make them like that anymore. I've got Jerry Allen. I've got Mike Parker on the show today. And I think the next generation of broadcasters – um, it's just not the same. It's that, that glue, not quite yeah. what it once was with radio and play-by-play. Jeff Weller, thank you. Thank you I for joining us. I can't remember an outpouring like this, John, even when some of the Blazers have passed. This has just been a, a unique experience for all of us, not just Portland, but for the state of Oregon. Amen. Jeff Weller, thank you. There he is, the former statistician. Anna's popping into the studio next. Uh, you heard it. Mike Parker, voice of the Beavers in the 5 o'clock hour. Jerry Allen, voice of the Ducks, coming up uh, later this hour. Leave it here. We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Bald Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.